The following program is made possible by the faithful friends and supporters of Higher Aim. Do you wrestle with insecurity? You don't have to. Join us today as we walk through the life of Moses and defeat insecurity. Take your Bibles now and turn to Exodus chapter 2. Exodus chapter 2. As you're turning there, let me just tell you what we are going to do is to walk through a little bit of the life of Moses so that we can learn how to defeat insecurity in our lives. Why don't you follow along with me as I read to you the very first several verses of Exodus chapter 2. Now, a man of the house of Levi married a Levite woman, and she became pregnant and gave birth to a son. When she saw that he was a fine child, she hid him for three months. But when she could hide him no longer, she got a papyrus basket for him and coated it with tar and pitch. Then she placed the child in it and put it among the reeds along the bank of the Nile. His sister stood at a distance to see what would happen to him. Then Pharaoh's daughter went down to the Nile to bathe, and her her attendants were walking along the riverbank. She saw the basket among the reeds and sent her female slave to get it. She opened it and saw the baby. He was crying, and she felt sorry for him. This is one of the Hebrew babies, she said. Then his sister asked Pharaoh's daughter, Shall I go and get one of the Hebrew women to nurse the baby for you? Yes, go, she answered. And the girl went and got the baby's mother. Pharaoh's daughter said to her, Take this baby and nurse him for me, and I will pay you. So the woman took the baby and nursed him. When the child grew older, she took him to Pharaoh's daughter, and he became her son. She named him Moses, saying, I drew you out of the water. All right, this area of insecurity, which Moses is the poster child for, happens to be part of the human condition. And that is a difficult thing for many of us to to wrestle with. Let me just give you a little story from my past, and the reason why I do so is that I I really want to be transparent with you and to tell you that uh, I wrestle with some of the same issues that you wrestle with. Uh, Growing up in a family, I was the only boy. I had three sisters, and my oldest sister was nine years older than I was. And one day, apparently my mom must have been frustrated with my behavior And she looked at me and she says, why can't you be like your sister? Well, first of all, I thought, there's no way I'd be like my sister. I'm a boy. But still, I heard those words. Well, here's the deal. My sister was most beautiful in high school. She was on the honor society. I mean, she was a brainiac. She was beautiful. She was smart. And... It seemed like she couldn't do anything wrong. And she was the comparison for me. I thought, man, there's no way I will ever attain that. Let me just tell you something, that set me up. Now I know my mom probably did that, trying to motivate me, but 
that stuck in my mind and told me I will never be enough. And those phrases, those words create false thoughts and lies that we choose to believe and that often Satan uses and plants in our hearts as children or even as adults. And that's important for us to remember. Uh, Parental inconsistency creates a sense of insecurity when you don't know what the rules are or the rules get changed consistently. Uh, The only thing that you could say is consistent about your home is the inconsistency of your home that creates feelings of insecurity for a child. Uh, If you have fearful or insecure parents, well, it's passed on, and not genetically, but emotionally, it happens. And that's where the sins of the fathers visit the children to the third and fourth generation. And somewhere it needs to stop, and it can stop with you and your family. Uh, The absence of parents, uh, being raised up in a single family, a single parent home can create a sense of insecurity as well. Past experiences that you have gone through that have created statements to you that you're a failure, that you're not enough, or that uh, you, you're hopeless can create the sense of insecurity. Uh, Even adult circumstances like failure, failure in business, failure in relationships can create a mentality and an emotional fabric that says, I'm not too sure about stability in my life. Uh, A lack of a genuine conversion experience can create that as well. And an inadequate spiritual understanding of what it means to to be a child of God, which we'll talk about here in a moment, is another thing that creates insecurity. Uh, Learning problems, bullying, body image, all of these things come to uh, create a a sense of, I'm not too secure. Even multiple residences, they tell us. You move left and right, uh, even if you get transferred, it can create a sense of, insecurity in the life of a child. And honestly, sin. Sin trying to cover your behavior over a period of time, knowing that you feel like you will be eventually found out, that creates insecurity. Well, that probably sums it up for about all of us. I don't have to ask any of you to raise your hand because there's a a good chance that all of us in this place have either felt or are feeling right now insecure. And that is not God's plan for you, for you to live a life feeling insecure. He wants his children to walk confidently and not fake confidence. He wants us to be secure and not fake secure. He doesn't want you to have to talk a good game. He wants you to be able to live a good game. Does that make sense? And I want to give you five basic things that you and I can do following the example of Moses' life in order to defeat insecurity in your life. This is uh, so important that I would tell you, you need to take notes. And it is so important that I would tell you, it probably qualifies for one of those white pages that are untouched, unused in the back of your Bible, use these. 
If you want to defeat insecurity in, in your life, do these things. Number one, just like Moses, express your fears. Express your fears. On the backside of Mount Sinai, God deals with Moses when he's 80 years old, and he calls him now to become the deliverer, the rescuer of his children. And that which Moses had in his heart to do when he was younger, now God, in the midst of Moses' failure and defeat and anonymity, calls him out and says, I want you to step to the line and I want you to speak for me and represent me. By the way, what I'm about to share with you from these chapters, verse, chapter three and chapter four is very close to my heart. I'll never forget my last year of college. I had just finished a date with my wife who, well, she would be my wife, Ginger. I was driving to my apartment from her home and I was on Interstate 10 at the Bunker Hill exit. And God spoke to my heart when I surrendered to him. I was through fighting. I was through warring. I was through trying to control my life. And as a child of God, I said, Jesus, whatever you want of me, with all of my life, yes. And I'm telling you that God entered my car. Uh, well, he was speaking to me. Did I hear his voice audibly outside of me? No, but I heard him speak to me. And in that moment of brokenness, I began to weep. And the Spirit of God said to me, you know what I want. And all I could say was, yes, Lord. He said, it's not going to be easy, but I will take care of you. I said, yes, Lord. And I wept, hardly being able to see the road in that moment of emotional experience with God. I knew that there was the call of God on my life and I had no question, no doubt of what he had for me. Well, I went to my apartment and I went to bed and the Spirit of God woke me up in the middle of the night three times. He just said, get up, I wanna show you something. Get up, I wanna show you something. Uh, by the way, I didn't hear a voice from outside. It was in my knower. You know what I'm talking about? You know, if you've ever heard the voice of God speak, you know his voice and it's unmistakable. And you know it's when it's you trying to fake the voice of God too, don't you? Well, I knew it was the Spirit of God. And three times I knew that uh, I had to get up and so I grabbed my Bible and I went to the kitchen so I wouldn't uh, awaken my roommate. And I said, God, I, I don't know how you're going to speak to me except from your word. And I was immature in my faith, but I knew enough that if God was going to speak, he was going to use his word. And I, I apologized and said, Lord, I don't know where to look. So I'm just gonna open up the Bible and start to read. And that's exactly what I did. Many of you would think, well, if you open up the Bible and just kind of let it uh, fall open that you'd probably go to the book of Psalms or, or you'd go somewhere to one of the prophets. I went to this chapter and as I read it, it was like the Lord saying, Kurt, look at Moses, look at you. You've made the same excuses he has all of your life for not following me. Now I want you to hear no more excuses. Follow me. Whoa. Let me just tell you, this is personal, what I'm about to share with you. I want you to look at the excuses that Moses gave. And that's why I tell you the very first step 
that you and I need to go through in order to get rid of insecurities is to express our fears. And that's exactly what Moses did. Now watch this. Verse 11, but Moses said to God, who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the Israelites out of Egypt? Look at verse 13. Moses said to God, suppose I go to the Israelites and say to them, the God of your fathers has sent me to you. And they ask me, what is his name? Then what shall I tell them? Verse one of chapter four, Moses answered, what if they do not believe me or listen to me and say, the Lord did not appear to you? Verse 10, Moses said to the Lord, O Lord, I have never been eloquent, neither in the past nor since you have spoken to your servant. I am slow of speech and tongue. Verse 13, but Moses said, O Lord, please send someone else to do it. You see, that was me. Maybe it's been you too. You see, the only way that you will ever deal with your insecurities is you, is you gotta talk them out. And no one is safer than God himself. But sometimes God will, will bring a friend to you or maybe a Christian counselor to help you uncover and help you get to the root of your fears. Because that's where insecurity is fertilized, in our fears that we are not enough, that we will be failures, that we, we just aren't qualified. And you see, failure does that to you problems in your family does that to you. You feel unqualified, unjustified, inadequately prepared. And sometimes that lives inside of you for so long that you think that that's really who you are and that is not who you are. But the only way to get them out is to begin to express your fears. And if you're dealing with insecurity today in your life, you need to come to a place where you are willing to talk it out. Find someone. Number two, just like Moses, you and I need to examine our backgrounds. Examine your background. That's what he did. Now, this is very, very important. What I'm about to tell you is going to be challenging. But God would send Moses back to Pharaoh. Look at verse 10. So now go, I am sending you to Pharaoh to bring my people, the Israelites, out of Egypt. You see, you will never find your way forward until you go backward. The way to defeat insecurity in your life is not to bury it and forget about it and push forward. The way forward is to go back in and through where you failed or where you picked up why you were inadequate for some reason. You, you see, God knew that about Moses, and he would send him all the way back. You know why we don't like to go back? Here it is. We don't want to feel the pain. We don't want to be reminded of our failure. We don't want to have to regurgitate all of that stuff that hurt us so bad. We just like to forget about it. God, I don't want to think about it. But that's exactly where God wants you to go. But many of us don't want to go there. In fact, the truth is all of us don't want to go there. We would rather be positive and act positive for the future rather than deal with the junk of the past. But it is out of the junk of the past that God will walk you in and through the middle, not around. Don't play the game of bury the problem. It will not go away. It will sprout 
in your life, but you need to cut that tree down and you need to pull the roots out and the roots of insecurity are in the past. You need to hear that. So express your fears, examine your background. Third, enjoy approval. Let me tell you something. It, it is very critical for us to know that God is for us. Over and over in Scripture, uh, the words of His presence with us, the promise of His presence, is essential for us to understand. God's approval, His hand upon your life is critical for you to enjoy. When you understand who you are and His hand on your life, it'll put a smile on your face, and you need to enjoy that. You will begin to look at God totally different. You know what was happening? God was saying, of all the men that I could have ever chosen to represent me, Moses, I have chosen you. I've chosen you for this particular task. In the task where you failed miserably, I have picked you. You're the one. You didn't earn it, you didn't deserve it, but you're still the one. You see, you and I need to come to the place where we realize that God is really for us. Many of us, when we think about God, we see him as somewhere between uh, the great coach of life and Santa Claus. Or we see him up in heaven with a huge fly swatter just ready to zap us when we land on a piece of cake. Uh, we need to understand who he is and be able to read his word and to enjoy who we are because as children of God, we have his approval. You don't earn it, you just have to accept it. You don't have to uh, do anything to sustain it. He loves you, period. He approves of you, period. You're completely acceptable, period. You didn't bring anything to the table. It's all about him and not about you. Do you understand that? You see, you and I will never defeat insecurity in our life until we come to the place to enjoy God's hand upon our lives. He will never take it away. You will never lose it. As a child of God, you're completely secure in him and you need to embrace that. Anyone who would try to manipulate you to do something so that you have God's favor is not speaking the word of God in truth to you. Now this is very, very important and I wanna take you another place and this is critical. Number four, embrace support, embrace support. Uh, all these excuses uh, are just flowing. They, they, they come out of his fear, but he's processing them. And then he comes to this place where saying, God, I don't talk very well. And then God says, what about Aaron, your, your brother? Yeah, I, here's what's the deal. God is saying, I'm going to let Aaron walk with you. You're going to speak to him. He's going to look at you like your God speaking, and then he'll verbalize what you say. There's no excuse. Moses is going. Aaron's going to help him. And God knew that he needed a big brother at the right time in the right place. You know what? You need somebody in your life too. The Christian life is not to be lived in isolation. I want you to hear this. 
This is one of the reasons why I tell you on a consistent basis, you need a small group to connect with. You know why? Support. Support. It takes three things to live the Christian life. Number one, prayer, Bible study, fellowship with other believers. It's important that you hear that. Fellowship with other believers, community is critical. You know why? Because they are support. They're prayer support, they're accountability support, they are people who will be there for you, even in your worst moments. They're to be safe people. You need that. You don't have to have a lot of people like that, but you need to have a core of people in your life. And guess what? You need to be involved in a small group, not only because you need that support, but other people need your support. The Christian life is to be lived in community of transparency. And if you can't touch the pain in your life, you're going to have a difficult time walking by someone who is being honest with their pain. The people I feel the most comfortable with are people who don't mind showing me their warts. You know what it makes me want to do? Show them my warts. It makes me feel like I don't have to act like what I'm not. And I don't have to worry about trying to impress them about who I am. <laughs> you and I need support. Just like God would give Aaron to Moses, God will put people in your life. Oh, by the way, even though God told Moses that Aaron would be able to speak, you read the scriptures, you don't find Aaron speaking very much at all. You know who it is? It's Moses. He's the one that is speaking. But sometimes we just need to have somebody with skin on alongside of us to encourage us to do the very right thing that God has destined for us to do. There's one last word I want to share with you, and it's going to be in homework for you. And here it is. If we want to defeat insecurity in our lives, we need to learn to expound our position in Christ. So therefore, expound your position in Christ. Here's the homework. Ephesians chapter 2. You need to go to that this week, maybe even this evening or tonight before you leave to work tomorrow. Go to Ephesians chapter 2. I want you to take a piece of paper. By the way, this is the professor telling you what's going to happen, and there will be a test. There will be a test. And I want you to do this on your own. Bible study on your own. Get a piece of paper, split it down the middle, draw a line, put on one side one column before, and then the other one right now. And then I want you to read Ephesians chapter 2, and I want you to do your own Bible study and just write out in those words what the Bible teaches of how things were for you before you met Christ. Before you met Christ, that you were an object of wrath. There's, I don't want to give you any hints, but I just did. There, it's all listed out there. And then on the other side of the column, I want you to pull out of chapter 2 all of the things the Bible says that you are and what position you have right now as a child of God. I want you to be able to look at the before and the now picture. The before and the after what it was like before you met Christ, and now what it is, and how God sees you now. That's important. You know what, I really believe this is the number one problem in the lives of most believers. They are saved, they've turned from sin and placed their faith in Christ, but they do not know who they are in Christ. 
and therefore they're still manipulated by other people. They're, they manipulate themselves because they're trying to succeed and fill the hole in their heart with performance and affirmation. You see, it is so critical. This issue of insecurity is so critical for your life as a believer. Otherwise, you will be set up to be manipulated by everybody and their dog for the rest of your life. God wants you to be able to stand strong and be able to, to stand alone. You know from the pulpit over the years, I have told you what God's word teaches, even if it is politically incorrect, even if it's not where our culture is going, even if it means that there are going to be some people who won't like me anymore because I told them what, the God, what God's word said. The only way I can do that and sleep at night is... I am secure in Christ. I can stand in the midst of, of a church, even whether you affirm me or not, and say, thus saith the Lord. Because when I know that his pleasure is already in me and I am secure in him, then I am free to speak for him and say whatever he tells me to say, regardless of applause or disdain. You see, that's what God wants you and me to be like. He wants us to be able not to be manipulated by our culture. He wants us to be men and women who represent him. Now, that, that doesn't mean you have to be a jerk. He's not going to call you to be a jerk in representation, but he wants you to speak the truth. And if you don't know the truth, you can't help other people be free. Remember what Jesus said, you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. Say it again with me. Free. The believer today, the greatest problem is that many of them are still in bondage. Are you one of those? Are you one of those? God wants you to be so secure in Christ that your life is lived with a smile. And regardless of what happens in your life, you look at it and go, I can deal with that. Jesus, you must have orchestrated that for me. I can walk right through that. I can use that. God, I can glorify you through that. Your life will become different. There will be an aroma about your presence and your personality. Not because you worked it up, because it's coming out of who you are, because he has actually set you free. Why would God save your soul for eternity and not set you free right now? He wants the now to be real in your life. And he wants you to rest in who you are in Christ. And only there and only from there will you, me, well, that's how to defeat insecurity in your life. Regardless of what you've gone through and regardless of what you're going through right now, you, belong to Christ. Do you ever feel hopeless? Are the events of the past controlling your present and possibly your future? This month on Higher Aim, we're offering a resource to help you get over your past. Dr. Dodd's message by that title will help you do just that. He'll help you see that God can give you a new beginning that releases you from the burden of yesterday. To receive your free audio CD of Getting Over the Past, call or go online today. 
thank you for joining us on Higher Aim. Have you been encouraged by what you've heard today? We would love to hear from you. Call 1-800-491-4400. Visit us at higheraim.org or write to us at Higher Aim, Post Office Box 8100, Omaha, Nebraska 68108. Thank you again for joining us. See you next time on Higher Aim. The preceding program was brought to you by the faithful supporters of Higher Aim.